Hey guys, welcome to the Bagden Broadcast, episode number 417. Hello, I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories from the past week. Next is the list or the queue, whatever we are looking forward to uh, reading or enjoying uh, during the week of uh, August 12th ish. August 12th ish. It's yeah. <laughs> the time. Uh, then we followed up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're bringing you the 14th part of our Great Marvel Movie Retrospective, where we're going to be talking about 2016's The Doctor Strange. Yeah. And as always, we enjoy drinking. And uh, I know what Chris is having, but Paul, what are you enjoying? Well, uh, you know, i got to take it slow and low this week. I am drinking a 4.5 alcohol by volume beer from Saranac Brewing out of, uh, what is it, Utica? Yeah. Utica, New York. And this is their Lil Hazy Ale. This is coming in their uh, Weekend Warrior 12-pack. And let me tell you, I could not really tell the difference of any of the beers from that Weekend Warrior 12-pack. They all taste kind of the same. Very light on the hop. They're saying they're trying to be hop-forward on these sessions. I, I, But, you know, they're they're not any better than All Day IPA. Uh, so just pick up an 18-pack of All Day IPA. Don't pick up this Weekend Warrior 12-pack from Saranac. It's not bad. I'm not upset that I tried it, but I tried it so you don't have to, listeners. Save your money. Uh, I, all Day. <laughs> I was talking to uh, two of the Matts from Matt Brewing today. And, How many uh, Matts are there at Matt Brewing? Um, there's the, you said two of them. there's the president and the vice president. And I was speaking to the vice president and his father, who also used to run the brewery. Uh, and they were asking me about that pack because in some areas like Syracuse, Rochester has been really successful, but here it hasn't been that successful. And, uh, I, Paul, I used you as an example, as a friend of mine who is kind of athletic and runs and looks for maybe having some of those low ABV or NA beers. And I said maybe gear it a little more towards um, athletes and, and runners for session beers and make them a little more enjoyable. Hmm. So I used you, Paul, in an example when yeah, talking cool. to... You should have just said make better beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you did well. No, I appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah, because it did appeal to me because of that. Like, I saw it. I'm like, oh, this is lower ABV. Uh, you know, it's a session kind of thing, and it comes in at, uh, this is the lowest one at 4.5. There's 4.7 and a 4.8, I think. But honestly, I was trying to, like, I, I've worked through this. Unfortunately, I can work through a 12-pack uh, over a weekend. <laughs> so this is my last one. I uh, actually got this two weekends ago, so I, I was I took it easy with this. Sure, um, but yeah, I, I, I that's nothing wrong with it. Nothing bad. It's just it's compete. It's it's just a hard niche to compete in. Yeah, that's what I really liked about the Harpoon Pack, which was all low calorie, low ABV beers, mm-hmm. but they were all extremely different. 
You know, you yeah. had a Belgian wheat, you had a black IPA, you had a Pilsner, you had a mm-hmm. citrus forward IPA. And um, that's what I kind of liked about that. It's not a bad pack for mm-hmm. if you're picking up a session pack or a low ABV pack. But for $4 more, you can get mm-hmm. a 15 pack of all day if you're looking for a low ABV 120 calorie beer. Mm-hmm. It's and yeah, it's just. I think it's a niche that is too competitive right now, um, because then you're also competing against the seltzer waters at that point too, because those are all four point two, and all yeah, four low, to five percent, yeah, and all very low calorie. But uh, all right, I'm I've bored enough people. Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a beer from Funky Bruta. Oh my gosh, I almost called them Funky Bruta. Uh, but Funky Buddha Brewing uh, out of here in Florida. And this is part of their Mixology series. And this is their old-fashioned. Uh, it's an ale with natural flavors. And they take an ale brewed with barley, rye, and corn. And then they age it in High West bourbon barrels and finish it with orange peel and cherries. Like an old-fashioned. Um, it was a few years ago. I think it was when I was still in Buffalo. But do you remember when we bourbon barrel aged our beer with bourbon we basically just took bourbon and we added to a bourbon barrel aged beer because we're like well more bourbon would just make a bourbon barrel aged beer better yeah, yeah. and we um, tongue twistered it and it <laughs> basically what we get here is yes it hits all of those notes like it does have that like rye whiskey taste to it but it's like a watered down version of it it's like you just took a beer and poured it into your glass of bourbon and then finished it with orange peel and cherries. Like it has like a, that cherry sweet on it. And the first time I had this, it was the day that I brought it home because I was excited to try it. Um, I've really enjoyed two of the other mixology series. The Paloma and the Coquito were both fantastic. I didn't like their margarita one, uh, but also I had that right alongside Founders Masagave, which it's going to be hard to stand up against that. I would put this above the Margarita, but definitely below the Coquito and the Paloma because, yeah, it has those notes, but they just, it doesn't work well for what it is. Um, And I picked up a four-pack of this because I knew how much I liked two of those other beers so much. Um, I have one left in the refrigerator. It's going to be a fridge beer until I run out of other stuff, and then someday I'm just like, I want a beer to have while I'm, you know, watching Netflix or playing games. It's not terrible. Um, originally, when I checked into it, I put it at like a three two five. I've dropped it down to a two point five now because um, the second time I had it, it had been chilled a little bit. I was hoping that that was going to kind of like cut that sweetness out of it. Um, it really didn't too much. It's just like a like a candy syrupy sweet. Um, not horrible but i don't think it's worth like the 20 bucks i think i spent for the full pack especially when i got two other beers that night that i absolutely love and i'll be having those um, on the show yeah the manhattan manhattan beers barrel aged beers i think what southern tier and uh brooklyn 
both did them. And I remember liking Brooklyn more than I liked the Southern Tier. But also, Paul, when you and I had the Southern Tier one, we had them next to an actual Manhattan cocktail that you made. And that's when I realized mm-hmm. I don't like Manhattans. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right. but yeah, I, it's, I think it's tough. And I feel like you make a, a rye beer, an agent on rye with cherry and citrus. Maybe it's a little bit better instead of like, I, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you what, what Southern Tier and Brooklyn did that I enjoyed more. Yeah. What made it right. But they did. Yeah. But I remember that Brooklyn being like 25 bucks and it was yeah. on Bomber Bottle, it was right? It was on the pricier side. It was, it was ex- yeah. I, d- I mean, I know I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I know I've had other you know bourbon barrel aged beers with cherries before that have been delightful. I mean, right now, like where I'm at with this beer, though, is no, bourbon they barrel did aged, a barrel version. Like, I think it's aged because I know that it does have cherries. cherry. But, yeah, but I, right I, now, where, first where I'm at, I, I would rather have like a lizard of cost because I think like. Ooh. With blueberry, that, with the blueberry, like I would rather just like sit on one of those right now. There's at least I had like that chocolate that added like a little bit of um, like depth of the flavor, and it wasn't just like that bourbon and cherry. How about three philosophers? Oh, my go-to cherry. I mean, that's just a delicious beer. Yes, uh, but John, I see you're you're investigating. Yeah, it's one of their bourbon counties. It's a. Uh, uh, Stout aged in bourbon barrels with cherries, granola, oats, brown sugar, and uh, it's supposed to be like kind of like an amaretto cocktail. Uh, Mon Cherry Stout is what it's called. So I just, it's the only thing I know that I have uh, with cherries that's barrel aged. So I was trying to see what it was. Uh, so, spoilers uh, since I don't get to come up to visit my mom for her birthday, like I wanted to. Uh, this year, because, you know, Corona. Uh, I was going to put together, like, a care pack and send it up to her. You know, support the Postal Service to keep that going. Uh, so I was going to send her some Florida beers. But if you guys want to send me your addresses, too, I'll send you guys stuff as well. That Cheers. way we can have them for the show. Because the way you described that one made me be like, oh, that sounds kind of like uh, Sideboard's mm. Granola Cruncher. Because it's Ooh. like, which that was really good. So, yeah. I eat Nature Valley. It's just, oh. Oat, uh, oat and honey for an old every morning for breakfast. And you leave the you leave the crumbs everywhere in your uh, work truck, and I'm like, <laughs> are you feeding birds in here? Yeah, but John, it's true. You aren't drinking that uh, Bourbon County that you're uh, feeding from uh, right Resurgence, part of their R and D series. I'm having over the hop a strawberry IPA. This is coming in at five point eight percent, which is nice to have a, a low ABV guy. Um, this is a nice, easy drinking IPA. There's no hop bitter. There's no real juiciness to it. It just drinks nice. There's no real strawberry to it. There's a nice little hint of sweetness maybe from it, but I don't get strawberry. Because I was excited. I'm like, oh, 5.8. This sounds like I'm Friday. I'm going out disc golfing. I'm like, oh, maybe it's I'll not, pick this it's, up. It's not it's a nice bad beer. It's nice. 
And the stra- I mean, the strawberries, it's kind of there in the same sense that you can say uh, Frankenberries is strawberry. You know, like, Franken- I think Frankenberries might have a better strawberry See, to it than this. Because I was going to say, I'm trying to think of another strawberry beer that I've had, and I'm probably going to look it up on Untapped right now. Abita. The one I can think of is, like, the yeah. strawberry harvest from Abita. And that one's, like, it. It is what it is. Like, I don't dislike it, but it's not something that I'm always going to drink. Because, I mean, it does have, like, that little bit of, like, strawberry I think there's, taste to it's it. it's called Frugi, and I had it years ago, and it was kind of like a strawberry lambic, um, but it was from Australia. And that was, like, drinking strawberry jam. It was really good. And lambic-wise, Lindemann's put out a strawberry, which it's, like, strawberry flavor, but no sweetness to it. So the only things I've checked into with strawberry, um, from Cider Boys, Hard Cider, there's Strawberry Magic. From uh, Recordalig, I had their Strawberry Lime Cider. Barrel of Monks Brewing, uh, Strawberry Beret. Uh, Not Your Mom's Strawberry Rhubarb, one of those like... FMB. Not Your Father's. Flavor Malt Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Strawberry Shorts Cake from Shorts, uh, which... Strawberry Shortcake from Cigar City. Uh, a Strawberry Goza from Westbrook Brewing from 2014. So you probably <laughs> had that on the show if you guys want to do some uh, some digging. And then I had a Strawberry IPA from Resurgence back in 2014 as well. I put that one at a, I think a 2.5. Scott or Ed gave us a growler of that, if I remember correctly. Or maybe uh, when we had Steve on one time. Somebody other than... The, the three of us brought a growler of it. Maybe it was Scott. Because I mean, it would have been. Yeah, because Scott was really time. big into Resurgence when they first opened. I, I was really big into Resurgence because I mean they were they weren't doing as much stuff as they are now, but they were like trying different stuff, and they had like those like the staple buffalo flavors, like the sponge candy stout, the Loganberry wit, I, and I I appreciated that. Hey, you go into Wegmans now, and there's a whole shelf of resurgence. They have a uh, McKinley's Revenge. Uh, I think there's a collab, like it's something about juice. Tiny, tiny juice like monsters. Juice, yeah, not too juicy. Tiny juice monsters. Um, little, there was little another ditty. IPA, double IPA they had. Maybe I don't know. I I, I just glanced Cl- at the uh, store shelves, man. I don't. <laughs> He just looked at him. He doesn't stock him. <laughs> I don't stock him. But you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, I didn't even know there was a strawberry. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, I think right now I have five different R&D specialty tall boy cans from them. On top of their Surge, their Sitmo, Cosmic Truth. They just put out their Oktoberfest. Um, they have a Tropical Pilsner. Like, they got a lot going on. And they've – all breweries – kind of have that going on because they're not selling nearly as much at the brewery like they used to so they have room in the tanks to produce for stores because it's a way that they know they give it to the distributor we buy it from the distributor they're making money so they get it they get it out of their place it's on somebody's shelf 
and it stays on the shelf for five whole years or just a month. And <laughs> Depending it's, it's on how you read the as, can. And it's labeled as 2015, but it's just really <laughs> code that's the 15. Uh. Uh, behind the scenes stuff. Oh, yeah, Ruby's that is Ruby's delicious. Good. <laughs> that's a great beer. I'm like, why don't I drink this more often? And then uh, I look at the four pack price of it's a, a six pack, like, and it's and it's like it's ten, oh, like ten ninety nine. Oh, okay. Then I must be. So <laughs> what am I confusing it with? So uh, oh, before we move ahead into the the news garden, I want to say the last time I went up to Michigan, and again, like we were talking about going to Michigan for another beercation uh, last week before we recorded. Um, last time I had gone to Michigan, I, I'm sure I probably mentioned this on the show, but you know it would be fun to talk about it again. I actually got stuck in the uh, Gerald R. Ford Airport for like three days, uh, and the very first because I was stuck in the airport, like you couldn't do anything. Like I was snowed in. Um, I was stuck before you could go through security because flights kept getting canceled. So I would buy a ticket for the next flight from. Grand Rapids to Florida. Oh, that flight's canceled. Well, now the ticket office is closed. I can't like try to swap it out. Go to sleep on a bench in a, the waiting area. Wake up the next morning. Try to like, change that ticket for something else. Oh, now that flight's canceled. Um, the very first thing I did as soon as I got through security is they have a little Founders Brewing like it's it's like a lunch counter. Like they have different Founders beers on tap, and then they do like sandwiches and fries and stuff. Uh, I ordered a burger and like cheese fries. And then I was like, my flight doesn't leave for like four more hours. I'm just going to sit here and enjoy my time because I can finally just sit somewhere. That's not the waiting area. Like next to the Gerald R. Ford museum that they have in the airport. Um, And I was just sampling stuff. And one of the things that I got, it was a Rubeus, cut with, I want to say it was Dirty Bastard, and they called it, like, a Dirty Cherry. And I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. Fantastic. That's, the, I think, the last time I had Roubaix. I wish, like, now? they used to, and they might still, they used to do Roubaix on Nitro, but no place up here had it on Nitro, and I, I would have loved to have had it on Nitro. <clears throat> But why don't we get into the why don't we get to the That's news garden, guys? Yeah, a uh, little bit of a slow week for us. With well, it's because everything's going to be released from man, DC at their news. their expo coming up, right? Uh, uh DC fandom dome fandom. I don't I don't know what to say. Fandom. Uh, yeah, The Rock seems hyped about it though. Like. He's, like, putting stuff out. So who knows? Maybe we'll get some Black Adam news finally. But some flip side of that, though, some bad news coming out from DC where they actually just had a massive amount of layoffs coming uh, with also the shuttering of the DC Universe service and then DC Direct, DC's marketing component of their company. So the people that do all the merchandising, like the T-shirts, like the pint glasses, Stickers, patches, action figures, uh, all that shut down after 22 years. That division of the company's closed with uh, Warner Brothers actually picking up 
that slack now. But then also a lot of DC upper brass uh, and editors either being let go or kind of reshuffled because Bob Harris, who is kind of like one of the bigger names, who's editor in chief being let go. And then also Jim Lee is no longer like publisher. He's, he's just like COO, right? He's like creative officer now. Yeah. yeah. Which he kind of had that title before. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then I'm sorry, I don't have a list in front of me of like the editors or anybody else that was, um, shuffled off but again like this news came out and a lot of it's being attributed to the fact that yeah the pandemics really hit their bottom line pretty hard like they're having to scale back not just on the like production but also just like the creation so all that stuff we were saying before when we were talking about ethan van skyver like ragging on them for like the 5g stuff and be like oh dc's always gonna publish well maybe they're just gonna kind of more focus on like the digital stuff and like trades, which I, would be kind of weird, but I'm, that's well, how we reset anyway. They so. left Diamond too, and they were going with more of like the connections they had through Warner Brothers for their media for distribution, um, and then like DC, um, the online service. I mean you. You, you knew that was DC going Universe. because they moved everything over to HBO Max, and then they were, le- they were releasing, like, yeah. we're going to do a Green Lan- Lantern series at HBO Max. We're going to do this DC series at HBO Max. Like, they weren't saying they are going to put any content on the DC streaming service. So, I mean, you could have seen it coming a mile away that that was going to close. But I remember even just back when Swamp Thing came out, and then they're like, nah, we're canceling it. It's like, well, you, you don't have a lot of other stuff that you're like mm-hmm. showcasing. You had Titans, which are they still doing that? The, or did they the just second do season came seasons? out, and the second season came out, I think, on HBO Max. And then. Same breath, Doom Patrol was kind of like their big thing, but then also that's HBO Max now. So I, I think at the same time, like $75 upfront for this service is just a lot. Like, even as a fan of DC and those characters and someone who would want to consume that content, $75 is just a lot for that because I know I'm not going to go back and rewatch the 1960s Batman. Like, I'm not going to rewatch the Batman animated series. Like that's all like good content to have. Paul's making a face. Paul, you would, you, you I, have. I, yeah, because I own the Blu-rays <laughs> and I have, and I've owned the blue, uh, the DVDs before. And I have watched it. And but, I haven't sat through and watched them all, but I have, yeah. I, I can choose. My I've, I've done the same thing. But them. conversely, like I will be talking about DC or not DC universe, uh, Disney plus, coming up some point in the near future uh, for a Paul Baby show. But I feel like I pre-bought my year of Disney Plus in advance, and I've gotten my my watching out of it because the the quality content that they put out, like the new stuff that's happened. And even like that back catalog, they have so much more stuff that I would want to sit down and watch than DC was able to put out. There. Uh, I, would, I would agree. Um... Some of the things that 
that I expected to come out this year uh, didn't. I mean, we're not going to see them until 2021. You know, uh, Winter Soldier and the Falcon, Scarlet, you know, Scarlet Vision or whatever. Uh, but even then, I mean, obviously it's understandable. But, yeah, Disney Plus was something that hands down I felt like I would want what they are offering me. And I paid more for three years of Disney Plus than a year, like, even thinking about $75 for a year for DC. Like, I was like, oof, that's way too much. But I, I can get I can get $3 off a month for three years subscription. Let's do it. Well, even Disney Plus, like, the stuff that they didn't kind of give you the heads up about, like, the the Mandalorian, like the Disney gallery where it's like the making of where each one of those episodes was about like, Oh, like the directors, the cast, like the scoring of it. Like each one of those episodes was so interesting in its own right that like I sat there and I was excited to watch the next one when that came out. And also recently they had a docu-series about the making of frozen Two come out. I watched every single one of those episodes in one night. And that was like a fascinating watch. And I'm not even a big fan of, Frozen or Frozen Two, but that show was like gripping viewing. Like I, I loved it, and that's not even something that I knew was going to be coming well, out. Even like they the docu series they did about Disney, I thought were absolutely fascinating, and they didn't yeah. shy away from the bad stuff. Like they left it all in there and said, "Hey, this is, yeah, we're in a bad, we're in a bad space right here." Do you guys just want to do that episode now, or should we... <laughs> maybe maybe we could bump that up? Maybe we can bump that up to next week, so we don't have to do just another uh, trade policy or Marvel movie retrospective. But yeah, I, or it's, it, it, it would be ooh. time for a quiz next week, right? <laughs> I would need to write stuff, but I got I have things rattling around. But yeah, I mean, to get back onto the NewsGuard track, I don't like the DC Universe thing. Just seemed like. I don't want to call it a cash grab, but right, right off the bat, it's like, well, everyone else is coming out with a streaming service. We need to get something else out there, too. And then, like, bundling it with HBO just seemed like, uh, well, this is going to get it into people's houses. I don't know anybody that had it. Like, everybody I know has something like Netflix, Hulu, Disney+. Plus. I haven't talked to anybody that's been like, oh, yeah, like, DC Universe. I, I paid yeah. for that. I, I watched it. I've talked to people that have been like, "Oh, well, I pirated Harley Quinn off of something." That Harley Quinn is supposed to be real. The uh, that, the cartoon it. is supposed to be really good. Yeah, but I, again, I, I don't know anybody that's actually watched it from like uh, illegal yeah. means. And like, even like, if you had HBO Now or HBO Go, those are non-existent. You have to have HBO Max. I got none of it. Well, I got Disney Plus, but I don't want Not that anymore because Not I want yet. to save it for my episode. Not yet, but it's it was kind of surprising, like just to see all that coming out from DC because you do view them. I mean, they're fifty percent of the big two, like they're one of the biggest comic book companies, and they go like entertainment companies when you look at everything else that they're involved in now with TV and movies and video games. So it's surprising that you know that they're they're getting hit by so much like that. Talking about DC and video games, forgot to. Uh, I know we said there was only the one news thing, but uh, the, the Rock, the yeah, Rocksteady, 
Yeah. Makers of Batman Arkham Asylum games. It is confirmed that they're doing a Suicide, a suicide Squad game, which was rumored back in the day. Then it suddenly became, oh, we think they're doing a Superman game. But it seems like it's a Suicide Squad. And they're I mean, that's that's what Superman? the cover looks like. It looks that, like it's right? Superman with a target on yeah. his head. With, that's the Suicide Squad logo. So I, I, I think it, half of it depends on the roster. But I think I... Yeah, I, the squad that you get to play? I think I would. In, I think I might enjoy that, just because I have enjoyed most of the Arkham Batman games. Yeah, I think the Arkham games were fun. I didn't play the last one, but Arkham Knight. Is, was that yeah Arkham Knight? Yeah, but I mean, I did Origins, Asylum, and City. Yeah, I can remember. Yeah. Yeah, I played through all of them. Arkham Knight, of course, came out with it had that huge debacle with it not being really playable on PC. Kept on crashing. Had to wait for like months and months for patches. Um, hopefully, they release a game that's complete with this. Uh, and I think with the roster, we can kind of go through and see. You know, we know that Deadshot's been in the games before. He's been, I think, in. Origins, he, and I also yeah. he no, was he was in, in um, the right. the last one. Night. Yeah. Oh, and Night as well. I don't think Deadshot well, was in De- Deadshot. Okay, I don't think in, was in Origins Arkham that you took him down? City. Okay, I just remember him being a boss battle where you had to just sneak. Oh and yeah, and maybe it was when you had it. You were you had to get to like the Joker Island. Maybe that was when. Deadshot was in the game in City. Yeah, I think you're right, Paul. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, in Arkham City. Yeah. Don't give me the, I was right. I just uh, said you were right. Ooh, I'm right. Thank you. Uh, so we we know Copperhead's been in the games. Uh, I think that was Origins. I don't know. Brass would be a, someone. Uh, Harley... Harley Quinn would probably be... Harley Quinn has been in... Because she's in the new movies, and she's been in the Arkham Knight games. Or Arkham Asylum games. I mean, you could be the Killer Croc, because he's been in the games. Yep. So, there's four that we've seen already. So, maybe that's the tie-ins because I'm trying to think of how does it tie into Arkham Asylum so you would assume that's I think it would yeah I think they might go you know off of um, who's going to be in the who's going to be in the movie too because it's going to probably come out around when that if movies come out anymore Um, but did you guys also touch on the news of uh, in two weeks a little movie called New Mutants is going to be released in theaters uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to release it in theaters, so then they can release it the, in streaming. Well, because I saw another trailer, and again, who knows? I saw a trailer on YouTube for Bill and Ted Fates and Me- Face the Music, and I'm like, man, I, I would love for that movie to come out, but I mean, theaters here are still all yeah, but that's going to come out. I mean, it's going to come out video on demand. I guess move. Yeah. Oh, are they? Okay. I didn't see that part. Um, well, it's it said, like, in, in theaters. theaters. <laughs> it's just announced 
Mulan will be getting a China release, so that will actually be released in like real movie theaters. But last time I went to Disney Springs, they still obviously are shut down. They have movie posters up still for Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, Onward, Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker, uh, Knives but- Out. What is it? Blood, blood I can't remember spot. What the other ones were like? There's like two other movie posters. Oh, uh, Call of Call of the Wild. And, and I'm, trying, I'm blanking on the other one because it's like all of these movies are all available to just watch on stuff now. Like not even just buy it. Like you can just have like a service that you pay for and be like, oh yeah, let me sit down and watch this. Like it, it's it's crazy, man. Like that's just bonkers to me. You remember that uh, one episode of Parks and Recreation where Leslie's trying to <laughs> save the video dome, the pony, and the one kid is like, "Jason's you can watch. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah." And the one kid's like, "You can just watch <laughs> movies on the internet look, for free." Look, I'm doing it right now. You're like, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> watching Iron Man three right now. Like, so then the video dome became uh, like a porn store. Yeah. Um. You gotta appeal to the masses. That's something you can't find on the internet. <laughs> All right, it's it's just again we've talked about it for the past like couple of months, but just bizarre times. Like, I mean, we talked last week about Mulan coming out onto streaming, and you know, like that'll be something that I definitely watch and check out. But it's going to be different. Like, this is going to be the first movie that I'm like, oh, I can't see this in theaters. Like. Or I didn't want to see it in theaters. Let me watch it on TV. Like this is gonna be the first one. It's like I straight up just didn't have the ability to. I mean, oh, and it's not that thirty dollars isn't a one-time rental. Supposedly, it's like you just yeah, get it's it. you own it as long as you have Disney Plus membership active. So it makes me wor- worried about when it will actually hit regular Disney Plus. I mean, based on. I mean, how things released as it was. I think we got Frozen 2 a little bit earlier than they planned, but I still think it was like three months after it had been in, out in theaters. Yeah, they well, bumped on, it. Like, Onward uh, was it's in theaters. Like, and a then week it was after up it had come for like video on demand. And then <coughs> two weeks after that, it was, um, it was on. It was on Disney Plus, but I, I, you gotta imagine if they're banking on people paying thirty dollars for it, they're not gonna just in two weeks mm-hmm. put it on, up. If anything, be, you know, it might be three, yeah. four months later, and they might drop the price a little bit. But I don't like. I mean, there's definitely some Mulan fans, some Mulan heads out there, but. Mulan at thirty bucks doesn't that doesn't interest me. Black Widow Black Widow at thirty bucks? So I could possibly I, swing because I would go to the theater I would go to the theater with my wife. The, we might get popcorn, we might get a drink. That's thirty bucks. But we kind of we kind of had this Trolls. discussion before with <laughs> Trolls World Tour. Like because we were all kind of like, oh, yeah, like, you know, we're willing to spend a little bit more to have the movie available at home because, oh, well, now I can just sit at home and watch it, you know, and I can enjoy it just as I normally would enjoy anything else I'm sitting down to watch. Uh, Mulan had a $200 million budget, so I just 
did the math on it, and that would be thirty dollars, like per household or family downloading it, uh, would be six million six hundred sixty-six thousand six hundred sixty-six thousand people. Like six, six, six. Yeah, yeah. So basically, almost everybody basically, that has Disney Plus, because they say about eight million people have Disney Plus right now. Yeah, which so, I think I mean, if you're a big they're out there. Disney fan, like, and again, you have. A family that you would go take to see this movie anyway it's like yeah it's, I, I know there is a lot of like pushback where people are like oh I'm not going to pay that but I would pay it for Black Widow kind of like John you were just saying but I don't think we're ever going to see how many people actually do this but once it actually is released I think we'll hear like oh yeah like this was successful like this could become a viable release schedule yeah, for okay. stuff now Maybe not like all two hundred. I think you're going to see but, movies I mean, getting scaled back dramatically if this is going to be how how it's going to how movies are going to come out. You're going to see budgets cut in half because easily right. as soon as it comes oh, well, out on demand, well, well, one person pays thirty bucks, rips it, puts it up free online, and then yeah. people can watch it on you know they can download it illegally. They can burn it. They can sell the discs. You know, like as soon as you put it out on a platform, it'll be pirated. Well, the I don't know if you could probably get away with not scaling back the production cost, but cutting back the um, advertising publicity, the uh, that advertising uh, budget because they basically say the production budget. You take that, you divide it in half. And that that's your that's your advertising budget. So a two two hundred million dollar movie has a hundred million dollar uh, advertising budget. So you cut out that one hundred million because basically you're going to promote it on your own system that's out there for free. So Disney Plus, you just promote, hey, Mulan's coming as a banner ad, and then uh, you know you just throw it on ABC because you already own ABC. You throw it on ESPN because you already own ESPN. You're like. You advertisements on Hulu before, like, or yep. in between things because you own Hulu too. Like, I Universal think can do that with Comcast, and yeah. uh, Warner Brothers can do that with their network and AT and T. So, what AT and T has their, you know, Uverse or whatever it is, uh, their their cable. So they just put it on as their cable ads. And also, I mean. You can't really call it word of mouth, but I heard about Mulan coming out on Disney Plus through Facebook because there was an article written about it that somebody shared. And then I saw other articles from other websites being shared. Like, you just put out a press release and then people are going to pick it up and run with it. Like, I didn't see any trailers for Umbrella Academy Season 2, like, posted on, like, Facebook or... uh, YouTube or Netflix, I saw an article. It's like, oh, hey, here's the first trailer for Umbrella Academy season two. Like, all right, I clicked on that and I watched it and it got me pumped for it. I knew when it was coming out. I watched the whole season already. I think they can be smart about that kind of stuff. No, I think you're right. Man, I didn't think we were going to be talking this long in the news today, guys. Hey. Well, let's uh, get into the queue. Uh, for the things that we're interested in doing, watching, reading uh, this week of August 12th, 
20. And Chris just talked about mine. Uh, I watched the first episode of Umbrella Academy Season 2 uh, with my wife, and we're looking forward to probably watching an episode every night this week and going into the next week. Because um, that's how we've kind of become binge watchers is we have a couple shows that we're watching and we watch an episode of one, then an episode of the other, just to uh, to get through it. Um, because they are... <laughs> I, I don't know what you're signing. You what you're signing me? <laughs> I sorry. I, 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 was I figured that out, and then Paul was just pointing. Uh, <laughs> I was pointing at Chris. I like hey, he just likes to be good at things. But yeah, it's yeah. with. We don't want to binge stuff because there's not that much stuff coming out, and when we've finished something, it's tough to find something new to watch. Um, so yeah, we've been trying to take our time yeah. with things and. Uh, yeah, this is one we're really looking forward to. I I really enjoyed the first uh, the first episode of season one or season two. I will say I I enjoyed the second season more than the first one. I think um, the second season of Umbrella Academy kind of reminds me of the third season of Stranger Things, where you're seeing your like main group of characters being sectioned off in groups together. And each one of those groups kind of has their own story, and then you see them intersect. Uh, so you're going to have storylines that you want to see and become like your favorite parts. Uh, but I really enjoyed the season a lot more, and it's been a while since I've actually read the Dallas graphic novel. Uh, so that's actually going to be my pick for the list for this week, because there's really not a lot of other books coming out, and I've already watched all of this and it's like man like i want to go back revisit it and see how different it is from from the story that we actually got because i know there are some pretty big differences uh but i look forward to talking to you about season two once you finally get through it because yeah i had a lot, a lot of fun, of fun with episode with one so paul uh so i recently <laughs> got myself an oculus rift vr headset and uh so I'm looking for. I just finished up playing uh, Vader Immortal, uh, season episode one. Uh, yeah, episode one. Uh, episode two came out a while ago. I did pick it up. I'm excited to play through that now. Uh, looking forward. Ten bucks per episode, and I have to say, there's only like 35, 40 minutes of gameplay in that first episode. It was fun. I spoilers for it. If you haven't played it, you do get a lightsaber. <laughs> And you kind of hang out with, and you, and you hang out with Darth Vader. So it's it's fun, but like when it ended, I'm like, wait, I just started like with the lightsaber and everything. Like, let's go. And they... spoiler, you do get How... a lightsaber. I mean, <laughs> spoiler, you get a lightsaber. It's been a long time since I bought one. I know they're not completely like apples to apples. But how much were episodes of Telltale games? I think those were. I'd say somewhere like five to ten bucks, well. somewhere in there, twelve okay, but, bucks maybe. Because that's what I was thinking. Because I feel like I always got like a decent amount of value for my dollar with those. Because I got Steam open right now, so I can I mean, you can, you can easily check. Uh-huh. I'm gonna do Batman Telltale. Uh, tell, uh, oh, fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. That makes sense once series. it's all done. Okay. Yeah, because I think they did a comparable thing too. Like where after everything came out, like the Back to the Future one, 
they put it out on disc for like 20 bucks. So you didn't have to buy like the individual things. Um, that does seem like a lot, but again, it is a little bit different because it's VR. So a little bit more intensive when it comes to walking dead, telltale game, the final season, 1499, 1999, but that's for the full season. Uh, so yeah, I'm not sure how much they were per episode. Yeah, when they were new. Yeah, you're right. Did, did yeah. you enjoy it at least? Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Now, how does it stack up against doing something like the Void? Because you did the Vader. Uh, yeah, I did the Raid on Mustafar uh, Void experience. The Void, I think, is, you know, knowing this is $10 for like a 30 minute uh, experience at home. Versus the void, which is like a thirty, almost thirty dollar experience, maybe a twenty, thirty dollar experience. I paid Canadian money, so I don't know how much. Don't still doesn't remember. Fun, still doesn't remember that exchange. Funny money. Yep. Don't remember it. Man, everything from last week's coming back this episode. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, but you know, being in an actual room and actually being able to walk through the environment versus having to be control, you know, using a joystick to control your movement. And actually what they do, which is like they turn on fans to actually blow things, like blow wind at you, uh, blow actual warmth and heat uh, through the experience. While you, and also being able to actually pick up a laser gun and feel it in your hands versus just having this force feedback uh, controllers in your hand. Like when you flick buttons at the void, you're actually flicking switches that are there on the wall. Like you're actually pressing buttons versus you know digitally just being like oh I guess it hit because it changed color. Uh, I think that experience is worth every now every bit of the money. Uh, I think this is a good at home version. It's almost like uh, you know when you would get the arcade version of a video game on your. Uh, you like original like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 the arcade one it, it wasn't quite as good as the arcade like that's the kind of step down uh, yeah. um is there a replay value like episode one is a replay value do you think there's going to be more replay value like in two because you have a lightsaber now and you're going to go cut shit up and you can like have fun destroying stuff with a lightsaber uh, maybe episode two will have more play playthrough value because episode one you know each I think a lot of these games that are coming out now kind of have to teach you how to control things in VR like there was a good five to ten minute segment where it just felt very tutorial where it's like oh go over here do this oh grab this you know um I think now in episode two, hopefully it's more exploration and actually more just being able to play with the systems that have been taught to me. And now, Paul, when, enjoy more. when every new episode comes out, are you going to have to go back and play one, two, and then three? No, this isn't Mass Effect. So. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> because none of the decisions I make, it doesn't... None, I don't make it's, any it's decisions. Not, I'm on a, linear, I'm on like, a very rails okay. system. It's, there's hmm. nothing I can do differently. Hmm. Well, uh, how about we say before we go into the dramatic reading, we all clean our glasses and get a... So starting beer. off with beers, John and I actually have one of the same beers in something that never, ever really happens here. But we're going to be talking about Southern Tier Brewing Company's 
orange creamsicle, orange creamsicle, and this is a milkshake IPA. Uh, and John, based off the face that you made, I think you had the same face that I made the first time that I had this too. <laughs> uh, because yes, this is a uh, it's an orange creamsicle IPA, and they say welcome to our shake shop. Uh, where our brewers have scooped up absolutely ridiculous ingredients and smashed them together in a brewery blender to serve up the thickest and juiciest IPAs. Grab a spoon and dig in. And, John, I want to hear your your thoughts on this because this is the last can I have of this. I picked up a four-pack. It has been really hard not just crushing them all. Um, this is delicious. I enjoyed the vanilla that they did before, and I thought they delivered the vanilla. But... This is an orange creamsicle. The on the nose, it smells like they melted they melted an orange creamsicle over maybe just a little bit of hops. Because mm-hmm. um, you still get a little bit of hop character on the nose. But this 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 is this is delicious. Like it is such a nice orangey. You do get like that vanilla. Um with a milkshake, you always kind of think it's going to be like a little more softer or creamier, and it has a little more beer characteristic than that. But I don't mind it. I I think it all really works. But the the orange is such a big pop. The orange, and then it has this. I, I, this is where I'm going to jump in because that orange, and then with that like vanilla like richness, it reminds me of like an orange Julius. I haven't had one in years, but this is what I remember an orange Julius kind of tasting like. But then you do get that like that IPA hop bitter kind of on the back end of the tongue there. I absolutely love this beer, and if it's still available next time I go to my beer store, I think I'm I would pick up just another four pack to have as like my actual like hot day. I'm gonna sit out on the porch and read read a book for the show beer. So this is a good I beer would... to bring with me for disc golf on Friday. Mm. I don't, I don't, maybe one of them. I think you would feel sick on a hot day drinking multiple of these. Six and a half percent. Yeah, it's not too big. It goes, it goes down like you're drinking like orange sherbet. Like, and that's the thing, like, it's a great orange, like, it's a real orange citrus pop on it. It's not like a candied orange. Like, it's like a real, like, nice orange taste to it. But then that vanilla makes it taste like a little bit heavier like it's not a heavy beer like i mean it's it's a hazy IPA, but like that richness kind of gives it some weight i'm just saying i just opened it and i'm i'm (laughs) i'm almost halfway through it like you it's it every sip makes you want to go back to get another sip because it's such a big pop on the tongue it's an enjoyable finish but it goes away and you're like oh I, I want that hit again. I, I need that I need that orange. So yeah, Paul, take 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 a four pack to discover it. Six point five percent like yeah. Yeah, it's it really wouldn't good. be my first it wouldn't be like because I'm only gonna have two this, when I'm there. If you so if that would if, be one and then I'm gonna grab another. I grab a four pack, I, we mix and match. We, you know. If you were going to hit like two courses in a day, or even just one course and you had one to play, and then you all were just going to sit down at the park uh-huh. for a minute and chill, this would be like, I'm a little bit hot, it's warm out, I'm going to sit and relax. This is the beer to finish your night with, like finish your 
you're disc golfing with. Okay. So busted out at hole nine, hole eleven. Yeah. It's I finished it out. I had a regular who came in who said he absolutely loved it and grabbed three four packs of it and was like I'm having a poker night with friends, like I don't care, I love this and I want to share it with them. Um but yeah, like Would you I say can, he treated himself? I think he did treat himself. I think it was his birthday too, so you oh, like, double treat yourself. Days. You gotta treat yourself. <laughs> uh but this is something I <laughs> I've been rewatching Parks and Rec. I don't know if you guys could tell. <laughs> <laughs> I I would just grab this and throw it in my fridge and just ha- just just to have it. Just like, oh, what do I feel like? Oh, I feel like Orange Cream School. So again, I uh, I bought this superb. That's a, just superb. Just superb. Superb beer. Uh, I bought this, the Funky Buddha, old fashioned. And then the next beer I'm going to have, which is also from Southern Tier, the same day. I started off with the Funky Buddha one, and I was like, meh. And then I did my final beer for the night next. And then I ended my evening with this one when I was playing video games. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I only have three more cans of this left. Not like, what am I going to do? Because I knew I had to save one for the show. And I I absolutely adore this beer. It's, it's great. It's this is an orange creamsicle. It is. But it's an IPA. Paul, what do you have? I have a uh, near beer, not alcoholic, uh, from Brewdog. I had a couple of their beers before on the show. Uh, this is their Punk AF. So this is the last of their like IPA-inspired uh, non-alcoholic beers, as far as I know. And this one's really good. This is probably the one I would pick up time in and time out when I'm looking for a IPA style non-alcoholic beer. It's kind of got what the little haze was trying to get, which is that like big hop punch, but it does finish off a little malty just because, you know, there's there's no alcohol to kind of kill any other flavor. Um, it's decent. Uh, I'm thinking it's $8.99 or $9.99 for a six pack. Uh, so it's right up there. It's so for me for my non-alcohol non-alcoholic IPAs. It's between the Punk AF from Brewdog and or the Wild Run Wild from Athletic Brewing. Those are my two that I'm I'm going to have to just check the price point on whoever's going to win that. Have you tried the Brooklyn? Uh, no, I don't think so. Brooklyn's got one out. Okay, well. That's all I got. I'll have to take a look. I haven't tried it. I use you too when people ask about those. I, oh yeah, my buddy's a runner and he does blah blah blah. I'm a jogger at best. I can't run. Not a runner. I'm not fast enough to be a runner. I'm a jogger. Yeah, but your hair probably looks luscious. Oh, Oh, it's bouncing in slow motion. So much. I have to. I have to wear a hat because it gets in my eyes when it gets sweaty. It just like straightens right out and it's like goes right into my eye. So Paul needs headbands for Christmas. <laughs> Some headbands would be awesome. Some sweatpants. Ooh, rock them. What if there was like a like Airbender like Ang headband that had like the arrow? Yeah, that would, that, would that be cool or no? It would be cool, and people would be like, "Hey, what are you downloading?" <laughs> I'll let you take a sip of your beer before I start. 
Because oh, I was about to throw it over. Oh, go ahead. And now, a dramatic reading from the Umbrella Academy, Volume 1, page 23, panel 4. The key to the city! And ice cream for everyone! One scoop each. Yay! What's wrong, number one? That was a dramatic reading from the Umbrella Academy. Volume 1, page 23, panel 4. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything for the show, but finishing season 2 made me want to go back to the beginning of volume 1 in the comic to be like, okay, so they're picking up on stuff that they had kind of laid out here, so I was like, let me let me go back and revisit. So that was like the last thing that I had read, so it was the first thing that popped up. Man, this, nice. this beer is just great. And that's going to head us over into our main topic, where like we set up at the front of the show, we're going to be doing the 14th part of our great Marvel movie retrospective, where we're going through all of the Marvel movies chronologically with everything that we know now that we've seen all of the Marvel movies uh, with uh, 2016's Doctor Strange. But man, we had a lot of talk off show. I could go for another drink. <laughs> wow, we're going right into it. Right. I, I, we, we discussed Paul, it you were drinking your next beer while we were reviewing our next beer. <laughs> yep. It's a zero percent alcohol by volume beer, though, guys. Like, he's like, I'm drinking, I'm drinking hop juice. Yeah, like, come on. Uh, so I went op- I went over to the fridge and I opened up and I was like, oh, I'll do these other, uh, I'll do these thin man beers that the rep dropped off at me. And then I was like, ooh, they're seven percent. So then I said, oh, I'll do the thin man uh, Oktoberfest I brought home. And that was 6%. And I was like, well, I'll just do the Warsteiner Oktoberfest I brought home. And it's 5.9%. So I have no low ABV beers in my fridge. Uh, but I am drinking the Warsteiner Oktoberfest. Two years ago, this was my favorite Oktoberfest. It just had this smooth, creamy body, um, this great malt flavor. Last year, it didn't really have that. This year, it has it again. Um Really nice drinking Oktoberfest. Um, it has a nice little creaminess to it. A good malt character. A couple of years ago, I kind—I I know we did a whole thing where we drank tons of Oktoberfest and rated them on the show. And we all said, like, we don't like Oktoberfest. But in the last couple of years, I've kind of gotten into Oktoberfest. But I've also kind of gotten into lagers and pilsners in the last couple of years. Um, and this is a this is a good one. If you see Warsteiner Oktoberfest out there, I I recommend uh, grabbing it. This is what happens when you're starting to almost hit forty. You just <laughs> it also is age it, into it. It's also what happens when you do a lot of those New England IPAs and blow your palate out, and you just you don't want to drink those kind of beers anymore, and you kind of. Do you want something with a little bit of character? Speaking about character, Paul, you're you're one of my favorite characters. What are you drinking? And uh, actually, tying into what John was saying, drinking all those IPAs, uh, I'm drinking Brewdog Stout AF. This is their stout uh, non-alcoholic uh, beer. 
And uh, this is just a malty, smoky, rich drink. It's, it's decent. <laughs> it it's, doesn't have that creaminess, that uh, big mouth feel, and it does kind of go a little ghost on the palate. And it just kind of, it's almost like drinking a coffee that's been sitting out on the counter for like, you, you drink half the cup, you left it out on the counter. I know nobody does this. My wife does it, so then I end up drinking the rest of her coffee because it's there and the pot's empty. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to make another whole pot. I'll just drink the rest of hers. It's kind of like that. It's the Somebody left a cup of coffee out, and, you know, it's got some roasted flavor, but it's cold. It's, it's kind of lost its edge, its bite. And, uh, yeah, so this is that in stout form. It's kind of mm-hmm. lost a little bit of its edge little bit of its fullness but still has a little bit of that roasty malt flavor would you say it's like you poured yourself a stout drank more than half of it and then just kind of was like filled your glass up with water i wouldn't say it's watery it just doesn't have a big bite or a fullness richness to it it's still got a nice malt big malt on the front but it's quickly ghosting it just kind of linger. It just lingers, lingers without a little bit of that um, acidic, roasted flavor that you get from like an old coffee. Is it good enough for an A stout? Yeah. It's good enough for an NA stout. It, but it, it does it scratch an itch of an actual decent stout? No. Is it but, the closest that I'm going to probably find in an A and A? More than likely. A hundred percent. Am I happy with it? Yeah. If you know, for in your beer, if I was, I, if I were, if I are you happy? With, are you happy with it? Or are you okay with it? I'm just okay with it. But oh, there's a difference, though. So yeah, that's yeah. I'm okay with it because it's as close as I'm going to get with it. Like, what do I want? What do I? What can I expect out of a near beer? You know? Yeah. This is what I kind of was was going in. If I had higher expectations, this would be a disappointment. This is me going to watch a Nick Cage movie and being like, "Oh, it's well, it's a Nick Cage movie. Is it good? No." Well, that's <laughs> your expectation. Movie, no. So, like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's a Nick Cage movie. <laughs> uh, to piggyback off of your coffee talk from before, something that I started doing because I am approaching forty. Uh, the coffee that I have left in my pot, like in the craft, like after I'm, I've had like my two cups and it's like just a little bit left. If I don't feel like drinking, it, I've just been pouring it into like a big glass stein that I have, uh-huh. putting it into the refrigerator, and then I just use it for iced coffee because I don't care that it doesn't have any of the flavor. Like it's just something cool to drink, and like I add enough like flavored coffee creamer to it that's like well, it's just a coffee creamer delivery system at that point. <laughs> Uh, Kate and I do the same thing. Like, if I don't kill the pot, she'll just pour it into a glass on, and leave it on the counter, and then put it in the fridge later on. I used to just dump it down the the sink because I'm like, eh, whatever. And I'm like, oh no, like so. I I've tried to be creative where I've tried marinating like steak in it, but I left it in too long, so it's just like way too like prevalent of like a coffee flavor. Like it completely washed out like anything else that I had with it, but. We just leave it in the pot till the next day. Really? Yeah. And then, like, one of us will drink it as iced coffee in the morning. Or I was going to say, baby, you got yourself a nice coffee going. 
Or we just okay. brew the next pot into it, and then you get a little extra. Oh, okay. We just leave it out in the I, I, in the machine. We don't even put it in the fridge. I'm not judging you, but that's just I don't know. Like, seems I, 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 here avoiding a step for <laughs> really no reason. Like you could actually enjoy it still. I it's I mean hey uh, we usually buy a, a nice coffee. We brew it on the rich uh, setting. I mean, it still tastes like good coffee. Ooh, we're rich. Look at our coffee. Hey, hey boo, money, we have money. We have settings. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I said it through, and it works. We my have coffee maker, several I settings bought, on our Ninja coffee pot. Thank you. My coffee Thank machine you. I bought for $3 from the Disney cast member only store <laughs> because it came out of a resort room. It works great. I put coffee in it. I put water in it. I hit a button. Boom. I got coffee. Ours brews coffee or tea. It's got a little thing that you flip down and you can put your cup on there and just brew a cup of coffee. It's a fancy, fancy, fancy coffee. Fancy. Fancy. Wow. Well, speaking of fancy. Uh, uh, speaking uh, about fancy coffee. Let's talk about Doctor Strange. Doctor probably Strange. enjoys a uh, fancy coffee. Already introduced it. Uh, yeah, great Marvel movie retrospective. Talk about Doctor Strange, directed by Scott Derrickson. Uh, this is our first appearance of Doctor Strange in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We got a mention of him once, be- once before with Project Insight back in Captain America, The Winter Soldier, because he was one of the people that was targeted by the Hydra satellites as someone that would was like a possible threat road, to Hydra. A, a possible Either now like or in the future. Yeah. Uh, but at this point, he was still just a neurosurgeon. He was not a Sorcerer Supreme. Like, he will become, at the end of the movie, spoilers if you have not seen 2016's Doctor Strange. Um, but this is our first big step into the mystical side of the Marvel Universe. And just to go over the cast real quick, we're going to have Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Stephen Strange, uh, Chiwetel Ayofor as Mordo, Rachel McAdams as Christine Palmer, Benedict Wong as Wong, fan-favorite character coming out of this movie, uh, Matt Mickelson as Kaecilius, and Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One. Uh, but in this story, we're getting the origin of Dr. Stephen Strange, who will go on to become these resources bring and I enjoy this movie. It's now one of my favorite Marvel movies. I like watching it, but I don't ever want to watch it. And I think that's, that's all I can really say about this movie until we get further into like the plot and like the story and the characters. Like it's, it's a Marvel movie. It is what it is. It sets stuff up for the future, but as it stands, like it doesn't really, lend a lot to the greater Marvel movie cinematic universe until we get Doctor Strange coming back in Infinity War. Like, there's really not a lot of threads to pick at on this one. If they had just called this movie anything else, it would still kind of operate as the same type of movie if they had just changed the names on it. I know when this movie came out, we had a huge discussion about it, about did we need an origin story and that Marvel was kind of moving away from doing origin stories with characters and do we need 
an origin story. And I don't know if the times changed me a little bit or because I know that we get the Sorcerer Supreme in uh, the two Avenger movies and you get him being better. But I liked this viewing probably my fourth time seeing it the best and did you I just, never did talked you about t- my beer I just realized that <laughs> you talked about your iced coffee and you got us yeah. on that, that tangent uh, uh, no that was you Paul <laughs> no I talked about iced coffee so. and then uh, Chris ran with it I was you, talking you about my that, beer you, you, laid, you laid the tracks my train was just on it um uh, I'm drinking Southern Tears White Chocolate Raspberry. It's the next part of their Blackwater series. It's an Imperial uh, White Milk Stout. Guys, it, it tastes like white chocolate with raspberry. It's absolutely delicious. When I go to Starbucks, I get a white chocolate mocha, and then I add the raspberry syrup. This is like a thinner, not as like saccharine like syrupy sweet version of that. I love this beer. John, continue. Because... <laughs> Uh, one question. Do you think it would be better nitro? Taking a sip. I think Paul got really close on camera. Paul's really interesting. Um, I think it would be better as nitro. I think it would elevate a little bit, but not so much in flavor because it hits all those notes. I'm getting that nice white chocolate. I'm getting that raspberry tart. Like, it's a delicious beer. I think the nitro would just add a nice... Character to it, a nice mouthfeel to it, but this beer doesn't need that because there's already like enough stuff going on. Like my tongue's coated like a delicious candy bar. Like I, this is my favorite of the beers that I've had tonight, and that's after you and I had just a love fest, circle jerks, orange creamsicles, launch guided boner missiles, as I like to say. We we launched those missiles. Um, but no, I absolutely love this beer. And if this is something that they keep putting out as part of the Blackwater series, alongside stuff like the Crimbley or like the Thickman, I will, I will always pick this up because it's choice, choice, noise. Uh, but continue to get to get back. I think what I was saying was uh, for, for I maybe watch you enjoyed it more. Probably my fourth one. I think I enjoyed it the most this time, but it also. I watched it when it came out in the theaters, and then I believe when it came out on Netflix, I watched it again, and then like a couple weeks later, my mo- my mother-in-law hadn't seen it, and I walked in, and Caitlin and her had just started it, and then Caitlin always gets mad at me when I'm like, you guys can watch it, I'll listen to a book on tape, or I'll just be in the room, and she's like, that's really rude. So then I sat and watched it again. Probably at the time that I saw it in the theater and those two rewatches, I probably would have put it fairly low on the list. But this time I kind of enjoyed it a lot more. And I think a lot of it is the the visuals. And I think like doing that, I think it, it popped up a little bit more. So much so that I was like, you know, I might enjoy watching this. If t- two weeks from now you said you got to watch Ant Man or you have to watch Doctor Strange, I think I might take Doctor Strange, and I think that's weird. Like, 
Because I, <laughs> well, I, I, I don't want to like, jump in front of Paul, but like... That's all right. Visually, I think this movie's great, but I don't necessarily always watch the Marvel movies for the visuals. And the big thing that I had coming out of rewatching this again, because I don't know how many times I've rewatched this, because it's been something that I've gone back to a few times as I'm doing my Marvel rewatch. It's lacking the character stuff that I get from something like Ant Man. I will rewatch Ant Man because I like those characters and I want to see them again. Doctor Strange rewatching it last night and I only got about halfway through it before I was just exhausted and had to go to sleep. So my notes might be a little incomplete once we get like past the halfway point. Spoilers. Um, but it's a time travel movie. None of that matters. Um, a lot of the stuff that I carried through with this rewatch was like, okay, like this scene's cool. I'm gonna just, like pay more attention to this scene because the visuals are like top notch. I think a lot of it is Stephen Strange is the most unlikable Marvel character they've made. Mm -hmm. And the only time that you really side with him is when he says, like, I'm a doctor. I've taken an oath not to kill people, and my cape killed this guy, and I was a part of it, and I didn't do anything to save him. And, And doing that, I also... Elect, you know, had myself shocked and killed him that way. Like, I killed this guy twice, and I'm not happy with it. This is not what I signed up for. And and that's respectable, and I get that, but I think they hit a roadblock with this movie where it's like, well, he's an asshole. Well, Tony Stark was an asshole. You wind up liking Tony. Even in that first movie, like, he's an asshole where you're like, oh, this is an asshole I would want to party with. Yeah. They have to make him so unlikable as a character because otherwise he'd just be so close to Tony. I think that they had to differentiate him in some way. And they just made like, well, what if he's just an asshole? But you you wind up not liking him. And even like further down the road when he's appearing in everything else, he does cool stuff in those movies. But at no point am I like, yeah, you know who I really like? Doctor Strange. Because like, he doesn't enjoy doing any of it. He, you know, it's not like he's having fun being, you know, the Sorcerer Supreme or casting those spells. You know, maybe because unlike an actual sorcerer, he wasn't born with the, the powers innately and unable to control it. He's more like a wizard uh, who is intelligent and studious. And he has, Paul, they Paul, are you trying to plug our side podcast, Workbooks for Friends? Because we haven't recorded that in like two months. I also was going to say, works. what are you reading that off of? Uh, the D&D Beyond Guides. Oh. Okay. Whereas a warlock gained their power in, uh, from a powerful entity with a pact from a powerful, powerful entity, which is also what we see in Doctor Strange. Uh, because, you that, know, Dramu basically gains power for, through, or uh, the villain gains power through a pact with Dramu. Uh, I guess we do see a couple actual sorcerers, but Doctor Strange is most definitely a wizard supreme and not a sorcerer supreme. Well, also, to kind of circle back to what John had been talking about before when he was giving his thoughts on it. And never mind Paul's bullshit. I get yep. you. You got it. <laughs> um, 
I feel like maybe Doctor Strange would have been better served along the lines of someone like Black Panther, where you don't get an origin story. They're just, they pop into that universe, and now you're seeing where they are, because we know there's separate parts of the universe, like magic can exist. Seeing it all play out, it's a cool-looking movie, but I don't need to ever watch this movie again. And I, I would say the same thing. Like, if you just throw him into a movie, sign me on, like, we kind of got Black Panther. Black Panther, I love seeing him in Civil War. His solo movie is not one of my favorites because it kind of backtracks and feels like it needs to, like, relay out an origin story to the disservice of that character. Doctor Strange, I think, could have been the same way. Like, I don't need an origin I'd say maybe Captain Marvel did the best, like, neo-origin story of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because mm-hmm. it it handles a little bit different. And we'll be talking about that in, like, and even, four parts. even Black ahead, Panther, we already saw Black Panther as Black Panther, and now you see him as the king of Wakanda and that. And I, I thought about that, too, and... I don't know about you guys, but I was never a huge Doctor Strange fan. Uh, I think the two best books that I read were um, uh, I I wanted to say J.K. Rawlings because Jason Aaron. Aaron. Uh, No. um, Brian K. Vaughn. Brian K. Vaughn. Brian K. Vaughn's Doctor Strange. And again, in that, you think, like, he's kind of a dick. And and then it was the Jason Aaron... Um, the Jason Aaron version. And even, what was it, Mark Wade when he wrote it? And what was it, Loki became... Loki was the Source of Supreme, and Doctor Strange was a vet in it? Like those are probably the best ones I've seen. And the Jason Aaron one, he was less, a lot less of a jerk. He was likable in that. So it's like, it's a character that I'm not a huge fan of to begin with. I enjoy, I enjoy that character. I know some of what that character is about, but I feel like, like he should be, like he should be a jerk, but that doesn't make a likable character. Yeah. And, it's hard to, for me to like discuss this movie without also talking about Black Panther because I feel like both of them are on the same kind of field for me where I was never a big fan of either one of them in the comics. And I think Doctor Strange has had more comics than I'm a fan of with those exact same arcs, the Brian K. Vaughn and the Jason Aaron one because those writers just somehow managed to like tell a good story with a character that I don't care about. So comics-wise, yeah, maybe Doctor Strange over Black Panther by a little bit. But when it comes to the movies, if I go into both of them same way, I come out of them a hell of a lot bigger fan of Black Panther than I am Doctor Strange. And I think a lot of it's just the, the characters themselves and how the story's told. And again, nothing against 
like Benedict Cumberbatch, because I think he portrays Doctor Strange exactly as he should be portrayed. He's just not likable, and but that just makes me not a big fan of of the movie. And also, we don't get him playing off a strong villain at all. Uh, mm. he, he's basically going up against uh, Morath or whatever the Malachite again. It's this character who has very little lines. He hardly talks. And then he's not even the big bad at the very end of it. It's, it's Dramu. And he, in that it gets resolved uh, out of time. So, like, not even a second. Doesn't even, that battle doesn't even take a second. Yeah, and not to say anything about Mad uh, Mickles. It's just, yeah. He, uh, you know, he's... What's he got uh, to play with there? Yeah, and even then, like, the delivery, like, the best, one of the best lines in the movie is, you don't know how to use that, do you? And it doesn't even, like, he's not that, he's not that actor to deliver that line. You know, somebody else could have really delivered that line better, but he is a good, I mean, he's a good actor, he plays good villains, I mean, Uh, uh, him on Hannibal was, like, he was fantastic as Hannibal. I think at this point he's already kind of in that Disney family because he was in Rogue One. He played Galen Urso. Urso. Him as Galen Urso, like, that's an interesting, awesome character. Him as Kaisilis, like, this fallen disciple of the Ancient One who's trying to tap into the same power as her to, like, live forever with his, you know, his cronies. Oh, Okay. He's just there to like to be menacing and be a part of those big, crazy, awesome special effects battles where buildings are like tumbling in on themselves. Like, but there's no weight to him actually as a character. And I think some of that is because of the type of actor he is. He he even said like he was an all at an all time low doing this movie because he wasn't acting against anything. Like he everything was so special effects driven it's it's hard for an actor who's an actor to do those kind of just i'm just gonna sit in this room with this green screen and perform like i think that take took a lot of wind out of his sails to play a great menacing character and again I'm, i'm gonna mention it again like if you saw his performance as hannibal in the tv series like he's a great villain who also can be redeeming and friendly and that character that you do like you want to follow him in that series he's a great actor and it seems like he's wasted in this role and today I I, I took a walk with my wife my son and my father and I said oh I'm reviewing for the podcast we're going to review Doctor Strange what did your son have to say about it uh, Sorry, that's there. He didn't I have too much. That. He didn't have too much to say. This kid also has. Uh, he ran into a door today, so he's got this huge knot in the center of his head, and he looks. Mm, yeah, uh, I had to fill out an accident report at daycare because I'm pretty sure they opened a door into this kid. Uh, but he looks. He looks like the villain from Scanners. Like he's got this bulge <laughs> in the center of his head. Like he's, he's trying to make somebody's head explode. Uh, but I said, I'm reviewing this movie. And my dad said, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, 
was born to play Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Strange. Like, he is perfect for these roles. Like, and I think he is. I think he's good. He's good at what he's been given for this movie. Yeah. yeah. You just and, wish he was given something more. Yeah. Much like, I always wish that they gave Rachel McAdams something more. But I always wish they gave Rachel McAdams something more. <laughs> so, it's... it's What? It, no, she's she's fantastic. Um, I recently watched the Netflix Eurovision movie. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's in that alongside uh, Will, Will Ferrell. And That's what scares it, me away from it. But the thing is, it's it's a Will Ferrell movie, and he's the weakest part of it because it should definitely be more of a Rachel McAdams like vehicle because she owns that movie and just happens to be like, oh, funny stuff from Will Ferrell. I I enjoy that movie. It was it was enough that I like texted my mom because we were talking about movies and stuff that we'd watched recently. I was like, oh, you should check out Eurovision. Eurovision, and she responded that she had already watched it and. Uh, if you want to know my mom's review of Eurovision, I trust your mom because she. Like you should. Me, She's a good person. Taylor Swift fans. <laughs> oh my gosh, where is it? You know, I agree with her tastes. You know, Paul. You know who would have been a Taylor Swift fan? Hitler. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Not- hey, uh, I'm pretty sure he knows she- what it's like. He's no. He knows what it's like with those boys. Uh, I, I can't find the text message, but uh, he, my mom was, was like a bigger oh. Wagner fan. I believe. <laughs> uh, sorry, Paul. I was just vamping. Yeah. I was no, 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 that. I, I can't. I can't find the text message. I'm not going to go back through. I think. Oh, but my mom was like, "Oh yeah, cute movie. Like fun. I enjoyed it." It's, I want to see Date Night. I still haven't seen that one with her. Oh, that one's not great. No, date. Not uh, game night. Yeah, because I say Date Night's the one with Tina Fey and Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. I think Game Night's better than Date Night. Yeah, and Game Night, uh, it, it had some good chuckles, but it, it also great. stars another leading man that I don't really care for. Jason, Bateman. you don't like you don't like the Jason I Bateman? I don't like the Bateman. I'm a bigger fan of the Batman over the Bateman. I I I I kind of I like Jeremy Renner's in that. He plays Hawkeye. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, back on track, everybody. It but he doesn't show up. I, so I never, I never saw it. So people were talking about uh, because you know before, right before Doctor Strange gets into the crash, you know that he turns down an operation on working with on what everybody assumes is Rhodey. Uh, and this is a call from his assistant Billy, who says he's got a 35 year old Air Force colonel who crushed his spine in an experimental armor. It, this movie does take place after we had Captain America Civil War, so I think that's the clear, mm-hmm. the clear path to make on this. But spoilers for like the rest of my notes, we don't get a lot of other references to stuff that takes place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, we find out that the Eye of Agamotto is actually the Time Stone, which will come into play later on in Infinity War and Endgame. But besides that, it's a lot of comic book references and as someone who's never been a Doctor Strange fan I don't care about the wand of a tomb or I wrote it down the the, the vaulting boots of Voltros like that's the uh, thing they're, they're called magic jumping boots they're magic jumping are boots. the magic jumping boots the same boots that the, the hood gets they might be oh 
Because hey. he does have the Paul he pulling out boots. a big one for someone who's never read the hood. The hood's great. I read the first trade of the it's, hood. Oh well, then yeah, you read all the hood because <laughs> everything else with the hood after that doesn't matter. Um, but the only other thing that really came out of this is when they're at the um, the other sanctuary, the Hong Kong one. You you see the staff of one, which will later appear. In the Runaway Show, because again, that's a reference to Nico Minoru and the Minoru family. Everything else in this movie, though, it's it's very self-contained, which I think is fine for what the movie is. But at this point, fourteen movies into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you kind of want to see that greater story being told. And yes, again, this is setting the table for Doctor Strange to appear later. But like we've already discussed, it's a character that you just you don't like, and you're not supposed to like him. But I think they leaned a little bit too heavy into you not liking him because this is kind of one of those movies where I like the supporting cast more than I like the main character. Mordo's story is pretty interesting. I want to see more of him, and hopefully, whenever we wind up getting Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. We see more of him. The Ancient One story, uh, Tilda Swin, very interesting. And that was something that was kind of hit with a lot of controversy because they cast a white woman as the Ancient One who's, you know, mystic Asian person. But again, that was done to get away from just negative racial stereotypes where it's like, and oh, cultural well, it's, appropriation of it's the Ancient One. He, he's the, the mystic Asian man. And then it also kind of broke that other mode of like storytelling trope of like, Oh, the white savior where it's, you have Kamar Tars, which is like this mystic city in like Nepal, some mm-hmm. India. I don't remember exactly where I, I watched half the movie and then had to go see, but then it's, you know, the white man from, America that has to like step in and save the day. I don't have an issue with Tilda Swinton as the ancient one, because I think she brought something to the role and other actors that had been considered for this were Ken Watanabe, uh, Morgan Freeman. And then, Oh, I'm, I'm blanking on the other one because I didn't rate it down. Um, but someone else. And I think, okay, having Tilda Swinton and then just saying like, Oh, well, you know, Line straight from the film, like Mordo explaining, like, well, no, we know she's Celtic. That's about it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have an issue with that. And I think the greater movie going public might not have an issue with it as much as people would have if it had come out where it's like, well, no, you're just racial stereotyping ancient mystic. Oh, well, it's, it's an Asian man. Yeah, uh, Mordu I, I find interesting because he's like, oh, what you're doing is unnatural. It's against the balance. And I'm like, dude, everything that you're doing is against the balance and against <laughs> unnatural. It's magic. Like, what What are you following here, but bud? Those scenes where you have Mordu, like, you know, training Strange with, like, the relics. And then, like, that kind of, I don't want to call it, like, the climactic battle, but where you have them fighting against Kaisilis and like the whole city's changing around them. 
anytime I'm watching this stuff, I'm just like watching Chiwetel Ejiofor and be like, he's just owning these scenes, and it's just him like saying random stuff to kind of feed into Doctor Strange, like being like, what? No, I have my hands. Like he that 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 doesn't make a great that's a great character. delivery of it, it's the Wi-Fi password. That was good. I, I, and he he is really good. Like, um, I think he's a great he's a great part of this movie. And then he sets himself up to be a great villain in the next movie. And I don't know if he's going to be the villain in the next movie because it's you know. <laughs> I mean, multiverse the, of madness. We don't. Who knows when we're actually going to wind up seeing this movie? I. I had hoped that Campbell's the villain. Everybody knows Bruce Campbell's the villain. But who'll be playing Sandman? It's really weird. Or Mysterio? I don't remember. Uh, I I hope that they. Again, I haven't really been following the Doctor Strange stuff because there hasn't been any information. Because also quarantine, like who knows when this movie's coming out? I don't know if they said anything about him actually appearing in it because the kind of runaway story out of this has just been like, oh well. Scarlet Witch is going to play a role in it. And this is going to be spinning uh, out of the WandaVision show. I really hope they bring him back, though, because he's just an awesome part of Doctor Strange. And for like a side character that's kind of just set up in a post-credit scene, like that's that's impressive. And I mean, he was like in uh, Serenity... Like he was a great villain in that, and he was yeah. like, "I want to see more of this guy's story, especially when he joins the the team." Um, but he's definitely, I think, uh, a shining part of that, and he's set himself up to be a good villain. Like, um, I want to Killmonger in uh, Killmonger, yeah, uh, in Black Panther. Like, he set up as someone who really believes in what he's doing as a, as a, as a villain, he really believes there's too many sorcerers. There's too much magic in this world. And now he's going to be that thing that you have to, he's got, you know, Dr. Strange has got to stop. I don't know. I don't know how they would fit that into what I think the multiverse of madness means. So it, it's definitely I want to see more of of him in these movies, but also like I if they recast him as another Marvel character, I'd be happy. I think with with seeing him and knowing his work, I almost feel like I he could have played a more compassionate Doctor Strange. Like, he just has this, even if he's the bad guy, he's got a likability to him. A a sincerity. A sincerity. He really delivers that. And that's almost all the roles that you, I I have seen him in. He's somebody who always kind of really stands out and uh, has that gravitas. And, um, And it's just in this conversation now, talking about him and thinking about him, like, Man, he could, he would have made a good Doctor Strange, and he would have made a likable Doctor Strange. I think if he was given if he was given the same role as Benedict Cumberbunch, you would have just thought of him 
as an asshole too, but he could make you like him more than I think Benedict could. Right. So, uh, they never really explain why he likes all the timepieces other than he becomes the master of time by the end of the movie. Because uh, he's a rich guy. Uh, you, yeah, you don't know. like to buy watches? I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm not rich and I don't like wearing They're, watches. So. We're in a different, we're in a different crowd. I had a, <laughs> It's those people. There's people out there, Paul, who having a nice watch is a, like a status. Right. I once dealt with a guy who uh, went like this, brought his thing up, had a smart watch on his one hand, and saw that he was getting a call. And was like, "No, I'm not going to take that." And then he went to his other <laughs> hand where he had a nice yeah, watch, watch and checked his time. And I huh. said. Why are, you, why are you wearing two watches? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you, you're you wearing two watches. He's like, well, I, this is for my smartphone. I'm like... It also tells you the time. It's still, it's still a watch. Like, you look ridiculous wearing two watches. I don't think he likes me after I, that. I don't know if it's better it wearing them on two... the like, thing I've ever seen. On two separate wrists? Like, or... two, separate, <laughs> two separate wrists. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, but they don't explain that as is that is that supposed to signify that oh, Doctor Strange the, is obsessed with are, his own status. Yeah, and those that, are that's expensive. Why he wants to be a surgeon? Paul, those are very expensive watches. Right, and he pulls out a drawer and has yeah. more of those expensive watches that you can possibly imagine. And, and then he pulls out. That he get, he takes the one specifically, the one that was given to him by Rachel McAdams. Am I supposed to know that's a less expensive watch? I think so. Am I supposed to get that? Because there's it, nothing in that movie that tells me that. You no, know, it's, it's, well, it's, it's, it's in a cut scene. You know? There's, there, it's, it, it, it's definitely a missing plot point that is still in the movie because they mm-hmm. couldn't cut around it. There's a bunch of stuff that seems like, you know, when they throw the Sorcerer gobbledygook at, at Doctor Strange just to make him say what. There's a lot of that going on, and I was picking that particular point because I think it's the most obvious on the rewatch that, oh, there's a lot of this movie where they're just going to say stuff or show stuff, and it really won't have a big impact on the plot. It really won't matter, but it's window dressing, and I guess that's what's supposed to be, that's what's filling in for the world building. Yeah. Unlike I in think, Black Panther, where you know they build out Wakanda and it feels real. Whereas this, I think the go ahead. Sorry. I, I not to cut you off. I think there are characters within the Marvel universe where they give the director and the writers a parameter and a leeway, and then those directors sometimes don't fit. And I think Edgar Wright is an example with, he didn't want to bow to what Marvel want him to do. And he walked away. I think the director of, um, Dr. Strange, I think he had a movie that he tried to make and had to cut, to make Marvel happy. 
And I think that's also why you saw him walk away from the second movie. Yeah. And then you see something like, I think the parameters and what they gave like Black Panther were the parameters that just worked right. And even like I to say that Ant-Man is a perfect movie, I think it, it definitely, you definitely feel that there's several writers working on that movie punch up jokes here do this here like it's not a fluid fluid movie i would say yes because dr strange feels a little bit more cohesive when compared to ant-man but if i'm gonna sit down and watch a movie for fun i would i would watch ant-man i showed my mom dr strange one of the last times i was up in Buffalo because she hasn't seen a lot of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She's seen some of them, but she couldn't remember what she's actually seen for me to be like, okay, well, let's watch the next one. But we watched Doctor Strange because it's like, oh, well, this is a good standalone movie and like the visuals are fantastic. Like it won an Oscar for visual effects. Like there's a reason for that. And then so much of it's just. Like, okay, well, let's introduce this character into the franchise. Because even everything, like, the his main antagonist, like, Kaisils doesn't matter. Dormammu, like, like you said, he takes care of it in a moment out of time where it's basically just an argument and ultimately he, he just gives an- up and leaves. He more annoys him yeah. into giving up. It, it's not like Ramu, a I've come to bargain. And again, as just like watching the movie, like, yeah, that's kind of fun because he, he played him. Like he found a way to loop through. It's like, okay, yeah, we're going to keep doing this forever. That doesn't make for an exciting like boss battle though. Yeah. But if, and this is my this is my other problem uh, that I really kind of can put in a pin in it now that we've talked are talking about it. Uh, if his character flaw was that he was obsessed with his status that he got from being a, the best surgeon, and he's obsessed with his how other people view him, his then the his final act of heroism should be something that costs him his status and how people view him, not that he's. Tony Stark and falling on the grenade because that's what he's doing. He's sacrificing himself in order just to live out this time loop forever. But you do have that. Yeah, go ahead. ahead. You do have that conversation between him and the ancient one as she's dying. And she says, you have, you know, you have potential to be great, but it's basically your ego that's keeping Mm -hmm. you from doing that. And what you want others to view you as you need to let that go and that's him letting it go, you know? And even, like, his lead-up with his training is like... And I do agree with you, Paul. It's not it's yeah. not well done. Yeah. But it's as... it's They give you... Like, it's formulaic. They uh-huh. One plus two, you know, one plus two is three. Yeah, Sorry, they Chris, say one, two, plus two. You know, in that conversation, you get one plus two equals three. But when it comes time to actually solve the equation and make it three, they miss... I feel like that's a bit it missed. It isn't that, but also him falling upon his own, you know, sacrificing his own ego. But it's also him outthinking that guy. It's 
No, I, I think it is him I was thinking of, but I think the growth of that character is him. You see him at the top of his game. Like he's undisputably like the best at what he does. Like, and it's him being broken down to the point where it's like the ancient one time, like, no, like you think, you know, everything, but you still need to learn. Like you didn't learn how to fuse a spine overnight. Like it, it took you practice and learning. Like you're in the same spot now. Like you have to continue to grow. And that was a broken version of that for that character because he had to be retaught. It's like, no, like you need to start fresh from somewhere. And you kind of got an abridged like montage version of that where it's like, oh, I'm studying. Well, now I'm studying in astral form. I'm stealing books from Wong. He's listening to Beyonce. Get it? Jokes. I, I don't, I, I, I agree. Like, I think it's not a well done point to get him from like, Oh, well I'm broken down. I'm starting at the bottom. I'm now the Sorcerer Supreme. Tony Stark didn't become the greatest superhero in the world at the end of Iron Man one. Like he learned like, no, like I can be better. And the rest of the Marvel cinematic universe set him on that path. And every movie you saw him after that was like, no, I'm, I'm human. I'm learning the I'm human. I'm learning was basically just like five minutes for Dr. Strange. And, you know, he's reading all these books, he's grabbing more books, but then the simplest thing that everyone else is doing well, that are all the, you know, he's, he's, he's outread everyone else, but he can't do the simplest tasks because he doesn't believe in himself or it's not about your hands where he thinks that it is like there. I think this movie would have been better without it with, I mean, he could be in this movie and not be the Sorcerer Supreme, have the Sorcerer Supreme do it. But in a quick minute, I was one of the greatest, you know, surgeons in Manhattan, New York city, the world, I lost the use of my hands and I found a new way to help people. And then it's him and like Mordu as like the two guys who are, you know, the left hand and the right hand for this, the ancient one. And then it be more about those two competing and one falling and one succeeding. And that's your movie. I think that would have made more sense than kind of what we got because it is it's too much crammed in and not told not told like well like well like there's definitely editing and cutting problems like why is he reading all these books and he keeps getting more and more books but he can't do the simplest of spells and you see him kind of practicing and everything but still not yeah and then he's like he's fighting off you have people who are more experienced than him fall and die against three people, but he's fending them off, which look with what looks like intermediate spells. You're, you're seeing the Harry Potter version of Doctor Strange, where he's just like expelliarmusing everybody, and there's like, "Fuck! I didn't think I was prepared for that." Uh, I know how to make these shields, but actually one's not going to work, but I'm still going to survive against you, and I'm going to make my little whip thing, 
where you guys have these weird, like invisible glass daggers, glass, glass daggers, each other. and that dude you definitely killed right in front of me was way more badass than I'll ever be, and he fell to you guys. Like it, it, it the it, the movie has definitely its. It's got its problems, it's and, in an, and they are pretty big. I mean, you can drive a semi through what we could probably nitpick, like, is the plot holes of this movie. And it's it's sad because it is a gorgeous movie. Like, the effects in it are fantastic. Like, you can't fault that. It's just, it's not a great story. And I will say, I like Doctor Strange more when I see him later on, because at that point I'm already like, okay, he exists in this universe. He's playing a role in the bigger story. And I think he works well in that way. Um, things that we always hit on, we get a Stan Lee cameo in this movie, obviously. Uh, he is a person on a bus reading a book. The book that he is reading is called the doors to perception. Uh, written by Aldous Huxley, and it's about the author's experiences while he was high on mescaline. (laughs) And this book is also what led Jim Morrison to call his band The Doors. Hmm. So, fun fun fact for you there. Didn't Aldous Huxley write uh, Brave New World? I don't don't know. Uh, That's something you're going to say. Yeah, you're going to look that up. Paul's going to say it, and it might be true. There's seventy-five percent chance he's reading. That's he's it. still Brave right. New World. Yeah, okay. Brave New World. Oh, oh, yep, Paul's right. Nineteen uh, nineteen thirty-two, a dystopian uh, science fiction novel. I remember reading that. Uh, but it was revealed by James Gunn that this was one of four cameos that Stanley filmed in one day. Uh, just because they had him on studio, and they were like, "Hey, you know what? Like, let's knock a few of these out again." This was before. Then he switches to the side of the bus, and then he's reading Mallrats. And then he's he's reading <laughs> Mallrats, and then well, because he had also re- uh, recorded the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and I want to say the Thor Ragnarok, like going to cut your hair one, um, which will feed us into our post credit scenes because we do get a little bit more of. Mordo going around where he's saying like, hey, no, like what we're doing is unnatural. We we need to be ended. And he's taking out other sorcerers. Could be an awesome movie. Like, but who knows if we'll ever wind up getting it because that might be too small of a story for where they're going with the Marvel Cinematic Universe now, unless like once we finally get into the next chapter or volume, whatever you want to call it. So I think that they they're not doing phases anymore. Maybe, maybe that story could be told. Um, but then also we get kind of a lead up to Thor Ragnarok, where you see Thor interacting with Doctor Strange, where it's like, no, Loki's a problem. Let's go solve that. And the big thing from that, minus what we actually finally get in Thor Ragnarok, is Doctor Strange has his gloves on. He doesn't wear gloves in any of his other appearances. But I guess that was their kind of way of showing, like, oh, no, he's he's full-blown Sorcerer Supreme now. He's got yellow leather gloves on. 
Um, all right, so it comes down to ranking, boys. Yeah, I need to get over to my my list and right now. So I said I would put this above Ant Man, but I put Ant Man as my one, two, three, four, five, six movie in this, and Avengers: Ultron, Iron Man three, and Captain America Thor come after that. I even like Iron Man two is after Thor and like our discussion plus watching it. I'm like, man, do I put this above or below Iron Man two for me? And I, it's definitely better than incredible Hulk, (laughs) (laughs) which for, for those listening at home, incredible Hulk is your second worst yeah. So, uh, so just okay. Just imagine, like we're all hanging out. Say to you, hey, you want to watch Doctor Strange or Iron Man two or Doctor Strange or I think Thor? I, like, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it below Thor and above Iron Man two. And I thought this was gonna be more towards my middle, mm-hmm. and it's 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 not. So it's definitely it's under Thor. So that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's my eleventh out of what fourteen movies now. Fourteen. That's where we're at. This is part fourteen. Uh, Paul, you're the one that's going through adjusting our ranking list, yeah. and thank Wait, you for did that. Did you say after after Thor or after where, where is it, John? It's is after Thor, above Iron Man two. Oh, okay. Okay, I thought I I immediately went right to Thor: Dark World. Uh, <laughs> but you're saying it's after that Thor. Okay, so you know what, I guys, I'm gonna say this is my uh, this is my number three movie right now. This is my number three movie from the bottom. Okay, the God, is- I was about to fight you. I was about to buy a plane ticket to Buffalo, quarantine for two weeks fight you and then quarantine for two more weeks come back to so, Florida so Paul is this going above or below Iron Man 2 for you this goes below Iron Man 2 so this is right above Thor Dark World so that's where that is it's my okay. new so, I mean, three. you and I are it's, just slightly off basically on our, our bottom four are the same movies just slightly different order Sorry, Paul's Paul's going through updating our list, which is a hassle in its own right, because we now have <laughs> 14 movies that we've each talked about, so we technically have three lists that he's updating. Um, for me, I also thought this would kind of be in my middle of the list, and now that I'm looking at it, I don't think I can put it over any of those. So I think this would also be my third from the bottom um, after Iron Man three, but before Thor, the dark world and incredible Hulk, like it's, I can't put this over the original Thor because that's also not a great movie, but I think there's enough. It's got got charm. It has charm. It might not have like the, awesome effects that this one has because visually this movie is fantastic and I can't fault 
the people in it for what they did because I think everyone portrays their roles well. Like, even though we were shitting on him the whole show, like, Benedict Cumberbatch is a fantastic Doctor Strange. Like, he he nails that role, and I think he shows it later on when he will come back into the movies. It's just not not an enjoyable watch, and I think that's what a lot of this comes down to. Like, this is how we feel about these movies in regards to all the other movies around them, and there's like 10 movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I would watch before I got to this one. Yeah, it would take some doing for me to go back again for this one. Like, every other movie that we've gone back to and rewatched, like, I've made the time to be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to sit down, I'm going to rewatch this, I'm going to take notes. Some of these movies I've rewatched, like, twice in what, uh, during the, the sequence, because I rewatch it, and then I'll go back and rewatch it again to take my notes. This one, it was kind of... We didn't know when we were going to be able to record a little peek behind the scenes. Uh, I sat down last night to watch this at probably like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. I watched half of it. And I was like, eh, I remember enough of this. I don't, I don't have to continue on. And I don't think my review of it suffered for not going back and completely rewatching it. It's just... It's not as strong as some of the other movies that we get to. Uh, it came down to uh, Rachel McAdams being in this movie versus Kat Denning being in Thor: The Dark World. I'm like, okay, it's because you're a boob man. <laughs> well, don't worry, guys, because the next one I think will probably place a little bit higher in all of this. Because for part fifteen of the Marvel movie retrospective, we'll be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy too, but. Oh. Before we get to that, we have a uh, look back coming up. So next time we'll be talking about some of the books that came out in July and probably August of 2020. Uh, on a, a, I say special, but on a what's become routine, double monthly look back. Right. I, I, it's just been... It's not a lot. I mean... We keep picking cues, you know, versus lists. Yeah. Uh, I'm just bad at buying comics, and then the comics that I am buying are from months ago because I haven't been keeping up on reading my comics. So it, I haven't really read anything new, and I'm going to have to go back through because I know there's stuff that I've picked for the list to be like, oh, I want to read this that I could probably put into look back, but I have to go back and look through. I bought the Batman book, which is is going to be for July. That is the the kickoff for the the Joker, three Jokers or the Joker War, or whatever. I bought it specifically just for the podcast. I haven't read it. Like, if it's good, I'll pick up the other couple. Maybe if it's really good, but I picked it up just for us. Like. I buy books just because I go, oh, this is something we could talk about for the yeah. show. I, I still bought a bunch of Buck the Pampers Slayer comics that I sit down and read, so... Yeah. Uh, but again, as we finish all of our shows, if you listen that far, 
Uh, we appreciate you as listeners. Please rate and review us where you can. Find us over on the Facebook. Let us know what you thought about Doctor Strange. Do your own Marvel retrospect and let us know what your list is and how it compares to ours. And uh, as always, thank you for listening. Yo.